0: welcome to the somatic ceo podcast i'm your host marie benoit i'm an entrepreneurial risk taker licensed clinical social worker mother wound healer and nervous system expert nothing lights my soul on fire like empowering female ceos to break through glass ceilings rooted in their lineages i guide online coaches creatives and service providers on how to optimize their nervous systems to achieve peak performance we talk about connecting to the power of their bodies nervous system regulation mother and abandonment wounds and how to eliminate limiting beliefs that prevent them from manifesting the life and biz of their dreams it's a heaping of the woo any business built from survival needs to thrive here you will find guest experts and easy step-by-step actionable resources, and strategies you can start incorporating in your entrepreneurial journey today. This is the Somatic CEO Podcast. Let's get started. I am so excited to even be here creating this podcast for you right now. You have no idea how long I've been wanting to be in this creative flow doing this thing. And here I am in my third trimester, pregnant, but let's do this. In this episode, my debut, I'm hoping to bring you through the journey of who I am, where I started, and how I got to be living my soul's purpose, my journey, my entrepreneurial pursuits, where I started and where I am now. So let's get into it. So my name is Marie, and it's so nice to connect with you. If you don't know, I am a natural-born connector, and I have been since the day I was probably born. I was born in a rural town in Oregon. I am an Oregon girl through and through. I love nature completely. You can find me outside pretty much every single day. I will go for a walk just to be outside in the woods. I grew up on a farm, a vineyard, vast acreage just to roam and play. That was very sacred to me. I had a very good start to my childhood. What happened was that things became disrupted before the age of 10. When I was 10 years old, or actually nine years old, I guess we'll start there, my father was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And obviously that was a really disruptive time because the first thought for a nine-year-old who has seen things about cancer is my dad's gonna die not only that but i was then told by my parents with my brothers as they sat us down that not only is my dad sick who is the light of my life my papa but we were also moving to a new city Now, mind you, we lived in a very rural rinky-dink town that I loved and I still love with all my heart. Then we had to be uprooted to the suburbs. So what happened to me there? What I didn't realize then and what I know now as a nervous system coach is that I was thrown into basically a boiling vat and not given any way out. I felt extremely unsafe in my environment not only did, was I able to read the room for what was happening with my father because I, I believed to be a natural born empath but also a trauma response because of my mother's own trauma she grew up with a mother who did not meet her needs that probably had more narcissistic traits I was really good at reading the room and understanding what other people needed so, it is in this new suburbia that I became very detached from my own needs. I constantly was searching around, looking in my environment to say how to see how I could find a solution to help other people and was completely disconnected from myself. I felt unsafe. Not only that, but during this time I went to a smaller Catholic school from a public school, which was a big culture shock in itself. And I was labeled. I was labeled as a stupid one because the rural education I received was not as top-notch as what I was receiving then. And even though I caught up in one month's time in my fourth grade class, I was still labeled as a stupid one. And that followed me throughout my entire experience because this was a funnel school if many of you have gone to Catholic schools, funneled right into a Catholic high school. Not only was I the stupid one, but I was also targeted because girls in my class decided that I was also pretty. And in the 90s, that was not a good thing in this classroom because I was a threat. And what I know now is that this stems from the sisterhood wound, that we feel this need to compete against each other, And honestly, from my background of growing up and just playing outside in the mud and the sticks, all I wanted to do was connect with people. And all I wanted to do was be seen, like any child, who was going through an immense amount of suffering because her father was dying. But that's not what I received. I remember a distinct moment um, on the playground, this one experience, where one of my so-called friends said we were going to play hide-and-seek, and what really happened was that all 15 of the girls in the classroom decided to hide in the same place together, but without me. So there was many instances of me essentially being abandoned and neglected by my peers, And what happened later was that my father actually passed away from prostate cancer. So I really was abandoned by him. This is part of the abandonment wound when a father or mother leaves you in some way through divorce or through death or just through neglect. They're not showing up for your needs. It's funny because I thought I had healed this wound, but it wasn't until last year, and I'm in my 30s now. That I had this experience where my husband, we were laying in bed together and I'm a little chatterbug and he wanted to go to sleep. He didn't want to talk. Well, that's understandable, right? Well, I wanted to be reactive in that moment. When he turned around, that energy of just him shifting his body the other way triggered something in me. And because I'm fluent in internal family system and parts work and have done so many, so many resources and healing my nervous system already by that time i recognized the reaction and i turned around myself and put a hand on my heart and i just let myself know i was i was there with that angry part of me and that angry part slowed down and then there was a sadness part that came through and after the sadness part i saw a 10 year old girl alone in her room in that suburbia neighborhood And she was lonely and she just wanted to have friends and she just wanted her papa. That's all she wanted. And that's exactly how I knew I had to heal my abandonment wound. So those are one of my first wounds that came about. That's not the only wound. My mother wound. I'll tell you a little bit about my mother. After this experience with my father passing away, it became very hard on her because my father was the love of her life. And my mother has gone through significant trauma of her own. And I believe in my opinion, my father really helped to see her as she is, as the light that she was and to connect with her and to keep her on this stable level. He was her person and vice versa. And you could tell that they were deeply, deeply in love and that's a good part of my base of foundation of safety i know i come from love because i know how much my parents loved each other after this experience though things started to slowly deteriorate by the time i went to college it was very evident of my codependent relationship with my mom because i have two siblings but they are five and six years older than me So I was basically left in this home alone with my mother when my dad had passed and I was in high school, which was a formidable time (laughs) and it was just us. And so I, we had a lot of good experience together that I will never forget, but also a lot of times where I felt like I had to be the one to support my mother. And so most of my needs went on the back burner And so I had to numb myself often from my feelings. To the point of junior year in high school, I developed debilitating GI issues. And the funny thing is, I think back, and I just recognized this like a couple weeks ago. I got really sick when I was in my film criticism class with my teacher, Mr. Rain. And he was kind of a hippy-dippy teacher that I really admired and I really felt safe with. And it's funny to me now, but I get it, that my symptoms came on during his class. And I remember having to quickly run to the bathroom because I felt so sick. And then going to the office and going home because of these issues. And these issues didn't go away for quite a long time. Pretty much my whole junior year. And the funny thing is, too, is that this was all triggered when a boy dumped me and started dating my best friend. So another abandonment happening. The thing is with these wounds is that the energy will follow you and whatever you feel about yourself and you've experienced those limiting beliefs is what you will project into the world. So, and then you will elicit it back. So people knew I, I felt that I didn't matter and then I was not enough. So I continually was treated like that by peers And romantic relationships at my school, and even teachers bullied me. But now Mr. Rain, I felt really safe with him, and that was the point where my body really gave out from holding so much inside of it. That's where I started to finally open up a little bit in my life. I push, push, push. I pushed through that limiting belief that people, I knew people thought I was stupid. So I strove to be like, "Mm, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to come back someday and show you how successful I am. And what I know now, what I teach my clients is that is that striver hustle mindset that so many entrepreneurs get stuck in. We are constantly running away from our traumas to prove something, to prove we are good enough logically when our bodies are the ones that we need to come back to to connect with. And I started to connect more with my body in college and that's all because I finally was in a physical location where I felt safe to be me and there were new people who I began to approach who saw me who attuned to me for the very first time in a very long, long time. And I felt seen and I felt heard and I felt loved. And these are people I will never forget. Even relationships that maybe we still don't we don't have a relationship anymore, they have made a lasting imprint on my DNA, on my nervous system, for the safety that these people in this community provided for me and the teachers and what I learned. This is where I grew into myself. I was still surviving, but I was starting to feel safe to show up more as myself. The person that really made a huge impact is my now partner, Kyle. He is also an entrepreneur, of course. We met when I was 19 and he was 21. And people around me always said, Marie, you're going to marry that guy. And I was still that stubborn part of me saying, no, we're just friends. Turns out, no, we've been married almost 12 years now, together since I was 19, a very long time. He really made me feel seen. And not only that, but he challenged me. His family, I met them from the very get-go, and his family's demeanor and their nature and their ability to communicate with each other was so vastly different than my family's dysfunctional communication and lack thereof. And all the elements, elephants in the room, there was none with Kyle's family. It was just very open and we're here for you and we love you from the very get-go. That was huge. And I am so very grateful for his family for immediately providing me a space in their home for letting me show up as I, I am. And I the person that I'm growing into, they let me have space to grow and to make mistakes and fail. And really that's all we need. We need people to help us when we fall, to catch us, to be a self-net, like a safety space for us. Because so many of us, of us have experienced trauma as kids, and it's because we did not have a safe space to land in. I did not have that safe space with my mother. Things got progressively worse at that time. She was in a car accident, and there was a lot of physical things that went downhill from there. She would often call me, multiple times a day where, and I felt like I had to pick up. She would do things like gaslight me and make me feel like I could not set boundaries with her. But the thing is, is that I didn't recognize any of that because our, our relationship and how we were dancing together was so normal to me. And so it took getting outside of my own bubble and experience something different with a different family and with Kyle to recognize that something's not quite right here. But even that didn't make me want to shift my relationship because I would have done anything to stay connected with my mother. And that's the thing. Children will do anything to stay connected with their parents because without connection, It feels like dying. And so that is why we birth parts of ourselves, like people pleasing or shame or anxiety, which I was riddled with at that time, to come protect that little girl that's wounded, that's carrying that belief that she is not enough. And if she was, her mother would see her, constantly striving to be perfect, to be that person that she needed. But I could never get it right. And it took several years. The day that I found out that I got this letter in the mail saying that there's this upcoming training from Stephen Porges and Deb Dana, and this was already five years or so into counseling, into being a therapist, working community mental health. Nobody had ever taught, told me about the nervous system. Nobody had ever mentioned mother wounds. I was just seeing labels being thrown out there like borderline personality disorder and anxiety disorders, but that never really felt right to me, slapping people with labels and then that was it, especially after a two-hour intake, which I would have to do with people and then just give them a diagnosis that would stick with them. I knew there was something deeper. That's why I started a group on trauma at the community health center that did not even have one to begin with to let people know Hey I don't think there's there's nothing wrong with you this this has a root. and then I got that pamphlet, and I took that training with Stephen Porges and Deb Dana, and especially the way that Deb Dana approaches nervous system work, polyvagal theory, I really heard what she was saying, and it was like this light bulb moment for me where I realized. Marie, there's nothing wrong with you. This is how your body is supposed to work. This is how it was designed to be. You are recovering from something, from many experiences in your life that you felt unsafe to be you. And that's why you feel like you're spinning. And that's why you have so much fear. And that's why you continue to feel guilty you're not able to do these things or like you feel like you always have to produce to be seen, to prove people wrong when it was all baloney. (laughs) That was a pivotal point. That was really a true blessing in my life to receive that training because then I put it into use right away with my clients. I'm trained in EMDR, which was also useful, IFS, Internal Family System, Tapping, which is um, emotional freedom technique. And then using the polyvagal theory and educating and helping clients release somatically what was going on, that was the real banger. That's when I started to see clients seeing real time results in a fast acting way. And so it is around this time where I started to have the confidence to start my own coaching business And I did this with two of my best friends at the time. We have since parted ways in the last year because it was a little bit confusing to have three of us, but that was an amazing experience that I even had the confidence to do that because I have had an idea for many, many years, and I have known for over a decade that I was meant to do something big and be an entrepreneur and start my own business. It started out with my own therapy practice, but I knew it was going to grow into something even bigger, and that's when I started Unbound Women, and going on my own solo, which was scary as heck, has been so fulfilling for me. In the last year, I have done so much with healing my mother wound, healing my abandonment wound, and coming into my own, and recognizing, most importantly that i did not feel safe in my business and so that is a huge part of why i am here today is to help women ceos badasses feel safe to thrive when you have that foundation of safety in your life the sky is not even the limit you don't even know what the limit is there is no the limit does not even exist mean girls reference I am that, I am that person. I had never knew that I would be making this much money. I never knew that I would be connecting with people all around the world that would become my friends and my clients and both. I never knew that I would be putting myself out there to this degree. I knew that something special was going to happen, but I didn't recognize that this was it. It has been truly, truly a blessing in my life. And it all started with me being curious enough and having a little bit of compassion for myself to dive deep into the roots. I'm at the point in my life where I can breathe. So much breath to be done here. I now have a home with my husband. We have a three-year-old daughter who is the light of my life, I joke about her that she is so wildly safe in her life and the foundation we've been able to give her because of her own internal healing that both of us have done as humans, as entrepreneurs who want the best in this life. She is so safe that it's so scary because she is so her own person. And while that is beautiful, that is also sometimes terrifying because she is a force to be reckoned with. But that's exactly what I want. I can't imagine if I had started out my life with this complete foundation of safety. While I got some of it to have that full spectrum, she's going to go to the moon and even further. And I am so proud of her. And there is no part of me that feels jealous. That can be a part that sometimes mothers can feel. When you didn't get the same experiences as your daughter gets or your son. And sometimes that happens. But when you heal this deeply, you wake up with gratitude in your heart. Every day I literally wake up and I say to myself now, I get to do this work. There is no attachment to outcomes of expecting people to go the places that they're not ready to go with. But if you are feeling that call, I say, soul sister, go for it. If it's with me or if it's another healer that you feel intertwined with that you know is going to help guide you, jump on it. What I always tell my clients and what I will say to end this is that you are your own damn guide. You know what's what. There is no expert of you except for you. You are the strongest person to trust in this moment, even if it doesn't feel like it. I am a guide and an expert in myself and what I know, but I am not the expert of you and nobody is. And it is my goal to usher women into this state of believing fully into themselves, to having that confidence In their authentic versions to show up in the most big ways that they have never even felt like they could achieve but here they are doing it that's what lights me up is to see women and to be there with them and to hold hands together at the top essentially because we can all be together there is no competition it's actually a lot more fun when we are all together that's my mission in life Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave a comment in the description. In the next couple months, I'm going to be pulling for a gift card. For anyone that has commented in the next two months, you will receive a $25 gift card. And just let me know your thoughts, anything that you want to hear. In the meantime, if you're feeling like you want to jump in, Right now, I have a couple spots open for one-on-one coaching. So that'll be two sessions with me, for 75 minutes per month, plus Voxer coaching, which is incredible. This is a time to integrate everything that we've done together in our aha-shattering, mind-bending moments together, because that's what you deserve. As well as tell me in real time, what are things coming up for your nervous system so I can help you move through them, guide you to your own freaking answers because it is you, you have those answers.